It is Sam Sermons with the What Do I Do Now podcast, season two, episode 16. Season's running by real quickly, but this one is one. This is the first one I've done this season that I'm right here with my special guest. And today is someone that I'm truly honored to work alongside in the same building, get to, you know, rub elbows with this guy. Incognito, how you doing today, man? Sam Sermons, man. Appreciate you having me to. Step up on your podcast, man. I'm doing good. I'm I'm better that uh, I get to be a guest on, on this honorable platform. Man, I'm just grateful that you agree. And I just want to start back from the very, very beginning because where I fell in love with radio was college. And that it really just took me to a whole new level where I am now. I wouldn't even have seen in the beginning. But where did you first fall in love with radio, man? That's a good question, man. Ironically, this is episode 16. I started radio in high school at the age of 16, and uh, I fell in love with radio, I have to say, when I got fired. Because uh, initially, music was my first love, and I was just a fan of the radio and the radio station. And uh, I used to call the radio station all the time, just call the radio station all the time, and uh, they, you know how it go. You call the radio station. Hey, who's this? Hey, I'm incognito. Hey, I'm incognito. Then the radio station throws an event. I go up to the personalities and I'm like, hey guys, I'm incognito. And then they're like, oh, you're incognito. Yeah. One of the personalities at the morning show at the time, Ontario Gates, he um, he was like, hey man, take my number, man. Let's build. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I got his number and we build. And over time, he was like, man, you, you ever thought about doing radio? And I said, uh, no. You know, because I'm in high school. I, I was like, no. He said, well, man, you got a radio voice. You should think about doing it. I'm like, oh, whatever. Okay, cool. So he's like, uh, no, if you take it serious, I can get you a job. So I said, um, okay. So he kept his word, got me an interview with the uh, program director, Michael Soul, at the time, and the rest was history. But I said all that to say my first job in radio was given to me. It wasn't earned. Okay. And there's a difference between when you earn something and you're being given something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like with any – with any teenage kid, I, you know, I didn't understand the value of the opportunity at the time. And, you know, things caught up to me, not saying I was doing anything wild. I just say I would say I wasn't taking it serious and uh, honoring the valuability of, of having that opportunity. So um, I had to lose the opportunity, man. And, and, and once I got fired, it took some time. You know, it took some time. It took a few years. But once I got fired, um, that's when I realized that radio was for me, and I was anointed to do it, dog. So ever since then, I've, I've been on it. All right, so tell me about your first station and what was your first entry level? Because everybody got their rock bottoms, yeah. especially in radio. You start from the very, very bottom. Yes. yes. My first station was in Columbus, Georgia, WFXE, Foxy 105. Uh, it's a black-owned station, Davis Broadcasting. Man, shout out to that, man. I didn't even know that. That was a, Yeah, that's a black-owned station, so that, that was pretty good for me. And here we are at a black-owned station. Yeah. Salute. Yeah. Yeah. Man, my first shift was Friday nights. I used to do midnight to 6 a.m., the graveyard shift. And then on Sundays, I used to have to do 6 a.m. to 12 noon. So here's the breakdown. Keep in mind, I was in school. So uh, once the football games is over on Friday night, about 10, 30, uh, go ahead and get dressed and make my way to the radio station. Do the overnight shift as the weekend part-timer guy. And I was able to create a feature on my show called The Basement at the time. And what The Basement did was it highlighted indie artists in the city. And it gave the indie artists a segment. He's come on at 2 a.m. for like 30 minutes. And um, the show got a great response because around that time, most people would be getting out of the club and, you know, your typical D-boys and, and strippers. That's They all know each other. So whoever's making the music, 
I'm playing their records as they get up out the club. So the feature caught fire, and then a year later, it turned from a 30-minute segment to an hour segment, and the PD at the time allowed me to move the time from uh, 2 a.m. to 1 a.m. But that was just on Friday night, so midnight to 6 a.m. on Fridays. And then uh, on Sunday mornings, I would have to get up after the club, after being out on Saturday night, because I'm in radio, I'm young, but I get to get the VIP pass, I get to see the nightlife early. This little bro, come on in, here with us, hang out in the DJ booth. Now, I wasn't drinking, wasn't smoking, and nothing like that, but I get to see the nightlife early. Far from 21, but I get to see it. And uh, once I get out of the club, about 2, 30, 3, 4 a.m., now I got to go to the radio station to play gospel music. <laughs> so yeah. that was my shift on the weekend, bro. Got you. So going from Columbus, Georgia, how'd you get to Ohio? Because I know that's one of the flagship states yes. um, for Postal on the Corner. So yes. how do we get from Columbus uh-huh. all the way to the Midwest? Because it's, it's different. Yeah, that was through the uh, grace of God and opportunity and preparation. So what happened was, keep in mind, I said I ended up getting fired. So I started with Davis Broadcasting, and I did the shift that I was telling you about. And then uh, I went away off to college for a year, didn't like it. So then I ended up, I went to another set. I went to North Carolina. Then uh, when I came back to Georgia, they allowed me to, by this time I was out of high school. So they allowed me to do overnights. It was uh, Monday through Thursday, 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. And then on Saturdays, I would do 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. So, you know, as you're getting older, you fresh out of high school, you kind of, you need some money. So I'm, I'm like, um, no, this ain't going to work. So a competitor station, uh, Clear Channel at the time, which is now iHeart, they made me an offer to say, hey, come be our weeknight jock guy from 7 p.m. to midnight. So that's when I did that shift. And I did about uh, two, two and a half years with them before that um uh, day where I got fired and that came with the job cuts you know clear channel do the job cuts so I got caught up in the blender with the uh job cuts and then I had to you know I was out of radio about two and a half years and then uh I, I knew a PD down in Macon Georgia TK and that was at Power 1071 he gave me the opportunity to do production on Tuesdays and Thursdays for four hours and then do a shift on Saturdays from 2 p.m to 6 p.m did that for about two and a half years, and then around this time, Streets 945 opened up, introduced myself to Steve Hegwood. Steve Hegwood gave me the opportunity to do the, you know, production, personality opportunity, did about two and a half years. So like with anything, if you're putting your best efforts forward each and every day or any opportunity you got, if you're putting your best foot forward, somebody's paying attention, somebody's listening, somebody's watching, somebody has heard of you or anything. So uh, while being at Streets 945, a former employee of Radio 1, uh, Bill Black, Bill Black, DJ Bill Black, reached out to me. He sent uh, Corey Sparks from Epic Records to come holler at me at Streets 945 and, uh, you know, basically presented me with the opportunity of a lifetime that would be definitely very pivotal in my career, which, you know, fast forward got me right here because if it wasn't for me going to Ohio, I don't even know if I would still be in radio just because mm. the way things were going at Streets at the time. No, sorry. I don't even know if I would. That's. I guess we just never know. But I, in my personal opinion, I don't know where I would be if I didn't take that trip to Ohio for five and a half years. And that's how I ended up in Ohio, dog. Man, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Bill Black. Uh, shout out to Corey Sparks. What up, boy? Definitely want to get to the part where we get to how you are being approached to be syndicated. Because that's really the dream. If you're in the radio game, and your show is doing very, very well, and they feel like they can put you in other areas, and you get simulcast in areas, how did you get to that syndication level? Because, I mean, of course, the show had to be booming in Ohio. So they're like, all right, let's switch you in a few other markets, see how you do. Right. So after busting down some 20 shares a few times up in Cleveland, Ohio, that's what it's 22 around my next. Ah, there we go. Okay, (laughs) got you. That's where that come from. I was busting it down. I, uh, I never forget my first book. In Cleveland, Ohio, the numbers uh, before I got there was like at 11 share in my um, 
first book was like a 16 for I remember it vividly. And I went to the uh, VP of programming in the company, and I thought he was going to be like, hey, man, that's big. Welcome to Ohio. The guy looks at me, and he says, all right, that's cool. Around here we get 20 shares. So I'm a competitor, naturally. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to get a 20 share. I'm going to get a 20 share. I didn't even know what 20 share was. The only thing I knew was in my contract, if I got uh 20 share, I got additional bonus. So that was enough motivation for me. So, um, you know, I worked hard at it. And within a year and a half, I got a 20 share. Then it came like a 21 and a 22. And when I hit the 22, I was like, oh, man, I, I done made it. I'm going to get a charm made. And uh, then I ended up getting a 23-1. But long story short, end up, you know, conquering, you know what I'm saying, those goals. And then they put my show on in Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out to the 513. I got family out there. Nasty family Natty. Yep, you already know. Bar already. Hill, A1, all that. Yep, <laughs> College Hill, Price Hill. So, um, end up getting the opportunity to do two shows from Cleveland to Cincinnati, and then it just grew. Uh, at the time, Bill was the uh, regional operations manager for Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus. And he okay. my dog. That's the guy that brought me up to Ohio. So every time that his career you know, went further, and he took it a notch, he brought little bro with him. You know, So I just took advantage of those opportunities, put my best foot forward, and like I said, I, I remember being unemployed and, and, and praying so much. They're like, man, if I get this opportunity back, I'm going to get my best every day and that's all it was so I, I like to treat every show like it's my last because i remember my last show before getting fired that one day when i did get fired and then you know the motto says you're, you're not in radio till you get fired but Thanks. i didn't know that and don't nobody want to get fired i wish they don't nobody right uh, especially in this culture right now so i was just putting the you know the grind in every day man still to this day and uh the pandemic happened you know and once the pandemic happened well Previously, like probably like 30, 40 days before the pandemic was, you know, we got shut down when it was in its early stages. I remember the VP ended up coming to um, Cleveland where I was because during this time, Bill transferred over to iHeart at the time. Bill had went to a different company. So with Bill not being any longer, you know, my operations manager, that means I have a new operations manager that I got to get acclimated with. And also, the VP wasn't the one that brought me to Cleveland, so our relationship is based off ratings of revenue, nothing personal. So uh, with that opportunity right there, uh, and sometime in like February, when the VP came, and when the, when the VP came, and we were sitting in my operations manager office at the time, I was telling him I was like, "Hey man, you know my my contract is getting ready to be up again. This is my second contract because at the time my first contract was two years mandatory, third year option. So even before I Went to Ohio, coming from the A, I was like, all right, I'm going to go up here and do these two years. I'm going to come back to the A. It didn't go that fast. So by the time that third year came, I was like, all right, man, I can do one more year. You know what I'm saying? And then three years, all right, I'm gone. So by the time of that end of that third year, the opportunities that were in front of me and the knowledge that was in front of me for me to gain, I had to self-evaluate myself and go, I don't want to leave this opportunity prematurely. So I stayed, and so I signed another two-year deal, and then with the third-year option. So at this time, we're at this five-year mark, and I'm talking to the VP, and I'm talking to the OM, and I'm like, hey, guys, before this third-year option come up, I just want to kind of let you guys know who I am and where I'm from because you guys don't know me. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm originally from Georgia. I moved here from Atlanta, came up here, did some outstanding things. Cleveland's been great. I don't have any family up here for real. I need to get to some familiar territory. I miss home. Long story short. So they went through the on-air schedule here at Hot 107.9 at the time, and they was like, well, no, night show ain't going nowhere. Afternoon show on a lot. Middays are good. Ricky is in the morning. Uh, 
yeah, but what we do got for you is we could, you know, take your show from all of Ohio and add on Indy in addition to adding on Detroit. So I walked out of that office like, all right, man, that's cool, but I don't know if I got through to them, if, if they feel me, if they feel me. So uh, I, I believe in God, and I left it in God's hands. So 30, 45 days later, they gave me a phone call. Yeah, incognito. This, now the pandemic has started. The world yeah, is shut down. Yeah. We shut down. So now they give me a call, and they're like, hey, man, um, yeah, we, we had to let some people go yesterday, but you, you, I mean, we had to let some people go, but you got a call coming up tomorrow, and it's going to work in your favor. So I'm like, okay, cool. So the call happens the next day, and then they're like, yo, um, you know, we, we got you in those markets. We're going to keep you in Ohio. We're going to keep you in Indy, keep you in Detroit, and uh, we're going to add on, at the time, they said Charlotte, Richmond, and they said, uh, we're going to add on Atlanta and keep you based from Atlanta. I'm like, bet. So that's when I found out that I was moving back home. And uh, so, shoot, that's how the syndication thing pretty much happened, was just putting in that work and just purpose and passion and, and, and letting God do his, do his thing. <laughs> I feel that. So first off, before we go any further, I definitely got shot in my Naptown family, that Circle City of 317. I see you, 765. And I definitely want to make sure we talk about what you're doing next, man, because you, you out here moving, you know, you got the endorsement deals, you're doing it all. So what's your next situation, man? Oh, man. I know it sounds cliche, dog, but uh, just working, giving my best every day. Definitely open to, you know, television, open to uh, more endorsements, you know, that are parallel with my career path and, you know, philanthropy, dog, community service, because without these listeners, it's no me. And I, I got to be able to create uh, a platform where these listeners in the community can benefit off of my voice because I'm not doing nothing but sharing my gift with the world, dog. I feel you. So what's one thing you would tell someone that wants to get in this industry? Because I know, you know, I'm 10 years in. I think you are like 15 years in now. Man, to be honest, this December will be 20 years for me. My 20. first gig was uh, December 2001 at WFXC in Columbus. That was my first gig. So we about to go into two decades. Well, actually, I'll, even, I'll make it even better. If you could give yourself a three-word pep talk right now from where you are to your day one, what would those three words be? <laughs> it's going to sound cliche, but it's, it's, it's what's been working for me. Keep God first. Ink, stay patient. Continue to learn. Hey, it's that simple. The key to success, especially in our industry, is it's about working hard. And if you don't work hard, I mean, that's when you become a has-been. That's when Truly. you go, yeah. So <laughs> that's just the facts. I mean, he's not saying nothing that yeah. I don't currently carry in myself. But, mm -hmm. Ink, man, how can they follow you? How can they check in with Post on the Corner? Because you syndicated in, like, what, 13 markets? Uh, Something like that, man. Something like that. Yeah. Hopefully by the time they hear this, it'll be 13 more. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You guys can always tap in with me on Instagram at that boy Inc. D-A-T-B-O-Y-I-N-C. Uh, on YouTube, just type in incognito, I-N-C-O-G-N-I-T-O, hashtag posted on the corner, everything is spelled right, P-O-S-T-E-D-O-N-T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R, -E -E posted on the corner, Sam Sermon, salute to you, brother, came a long way from Naptown, I've been following your journey, and uh, I'm excited to see where you take it next, big dog. And I appreciate that, it's been another episode of What Do I Do Now, season two, got more on the way.